Hello and welcome to Weekly MTG, the magic news show straight from in the building. I am Blake Rasmussen, the guy who gets to sit in the chair. Hmm? You're here too. Oh, uh, I don't need fries. I'll talk, just have a salad. Talk now, Steve. This is Steve. He has jokes. With us <laughs> today. Such a lie. Uh, <laughs> with us today is uh, Andrew Brown from the Tabletop Studio. Who, oh, hey, Andrew. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, who did a ton of work on Throne of Eldraine. So we're going to go through a bunch of cards that have been previewed already. Andrew's going to tell us stories about them. He's going to tell us uh, some of the thinking behind some of them, some of their yep. abilities, where they started, where they ended up, all that jazz. Uh, and then we are going to preview a new card. Uh, towards the end of the show, after we go through the already previewed it's stuff. cool, too, you guys. It is. It's very cool. It's cool. Uh, and we are going to take your questions. If you put them in chat, I'll start writing them down. Uh, just because I don't get to them right away doesn't mean I didn't hear you. We're going to kind of do questions towards the end. I may throw sure. some in if we have some pertinent ones peppered in here and there. But uh, by and large, we'll get to them at the end. In the meantime... Steve's going to do the news. It's time for the news. Time for the news. That's right. Uh, Eldraine preview season. Throne of Eldraine preview season has begun. It's very cool. Everybody really likes it. Uh, we had some very, very cool previews go up, including a buy a box promo preview of Kenrith the Returned uh, King from Isaac Wright, actor. Many of you might recognize from his appearances on some popular television shows. Uh, it was really cool to see Isaac Wright get to do a preview. We've got a lot of other previews out there. Please check out the list on dailymtg.com. You'll be able to see where all of them are coming from. Uh, if you're interested in playing what the future of Standard Magic might look like, Magic the Gathering Arena has a special Standard 2020 event going on right now. Uh, it is a free event. You get to enter, and you must have a deck that comprises of cards that are not going to rotate. So uh, really interesting format. You get to see a lot of different strategies on that event. Again, it is free, so go ahead and just log in, get your wins on, and then you get XP, which is really, really fun. Speaking of competitive magic on Arena, the MPL had its Sapphire split this past weekend. You can see the final bracket uh, up there for the top four. Li Shi Chan took it within a Kethis combo mirror against Matt Nass. Uh, so Li Shi Chan will be advancing to day two of the next Mythic Championship. Uh, speaking of competitive magic, the Players Tour regional events were announced uh, earlier this week. They're going to be the weekend of February 1st and 2nd for PT Europe and PT Asia Pacific. Uh, Players Tour Europe will be in Brussels, Belgium, and Players Tour Asia Pacific will be in Nagoya, Japan. And about a week later, on February 8th through 9th, will be Players Tour Americas, in Phoenix, Arizona, in the USA. So you can see more about that on magic.gg. Uh, but if competitive magic isn't quite your bag, but you are a big fan of Commander, there was also a new event series announced called Command Fest, brought to you by channelfireball.com, pastimes.net, and Star City Games. Command Fest, uh, similar to the Command Zone events that you've seen at Magic Fest, specifically at, uh, most recently at GP Vegas and Magic Fest Vegas, you can see Command Fest, which are commander-focused Magic Fest type events. One in Seattle, November 1st through 3rd, Chicago the same weekend, and later on that year, this year I guess, in Washington DC, December 13th through 15th. Lots of places and uh, cool events for commander fans to get their play on. So really excited about that. If you like, uh, if you want more commander in your life, you want more information about Command Fest, please check out the video that the Command Zone podcast did on this uh, yesterday, it's attached to their Throne of Eldraine preview card. And that's the news for the week. Let's talk about Throne of Eldraine. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. So we've got a whole list of cards here. 
Uh, mm -hmm. Andrew's seen the list. He's prepared all kinds of amazing and wonderful stories that are going to get your great. hopes up, audience. Get your hopes up. Yeah. They're not high enough. Uh, <laughs> let's start with one of the uh, uh, more marquee cards. Cards all right. that, yeah, that people are really excited about. The Royal Scions. Yes. Get your Scion. I love it. Yeah, so this is Roan and Will Kenrith. Mm -hmm. Incarnate in one card, not two cards like in Battle Bond, but it was super fun to design the Royal Scions. It really plays into the Throne of Eldraine blue-red theme, which is draw two cards in one turn. Mm -hmm. So one slide over, we'll see our friend here, the Fairy Vandal, um, which was in one of the Brawl decks. Yep. Um, so yeah. The blue-red deck is all about drawing your second card in a turn. There will be some ways to do it on your opponent's turn, some ways to do it on your turn. So you'll be triggering this guy a fair amount of times, hopefully. Uh, and if we go back to the Royal Scions... Uh, yes. So designing Planeswalkers in this year was a little bit tough for us because, you know, War of the Spark. You did a few. There, there, there come were... on, man. There were like two more in that set. <laughs> right. Um, like, let's be real. <laughs> yeah. See? Let's just say there are a lot. So we really had to go deep into the tank, come up with some interesting stuff. Um, so we've really gone into the three-mana bucket here with uh, Oko and the Royal Scions. Um, they don't really protect themselves super well. They're kind of different, more unique Planeswalkers. And uh, hopefully they can find their way into some decks near you. Okay. I love that we put uh, two characters, Planeswalkers, onto one card after Rowan and Will made their debut in Battlebond when, right. when they were partners, essentially, mm -hmm. which was really cool. And it says draw a card, so I'm excited for it. Anything that says draw a card, Blake will try at least. Oh, right. It even says draw four cards at the end. Yeah, yeah. it does yeah. say draw four cards. That's four times as good as drawing one card, Blake. It's so much better. Uh, but, you know, being a three-mana Planeswalker is is kind of inherently powerful. We've, we've seen yes. that with a number of Planeswalkers who have abilities that don't look impressive on their first mm -hmm. flush, but they end up being good just because they, they're, they're three-mana. You can protect them. You get that, that ability every turn. Uh, I think I think that's going to be a powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, next up is Rankle, Master of Pranks. Talking about options here. Yeah, Rankle, one of my favorite cards in all of Throne of Eldraine. Um, we were really going for that kind of Midsummer's Night Dream fairy tale, mm -hmm. uh, mischievous fairy like kind of uh, vibe here. So yeah. this is just kind of really embodied in Rankle where. You can choose your opponent's demise, I guess, but it actually affects both of you, so it's not really a positive, not really a negative. It really puts you into the shoes of like, hey, what can I do to kind of help my opponent kind of hurt them, help me kind of hurt me? It's a lot of fun. I really love attacking with Rankle. That's, well, obviously that's what you want to do. But yeah, one of my favorite cards in Throne of Eldraine, and I can't wait to see what it does. Can you talk a little bit about haste being on this card, and not only being on this card specifically, but being in black as well? Yeah, so haste is generally tertiary in black, which means it's one of its third abilities that it can get. Mm -hmm. um, I think red is primary in haste, green is secondary in haste, and black is tertiary in haste. So generally, we only want to put haste on black cards where the effect is unique to black. So like, for example, Punisher is one of the most black things you can have. Mm -hmm. Or Punisher effects are just effects where your opponent has to choose or you have to choose. Um, so we put it on Rankle here and uh, hopefully it works out. Right. Uh, next up we have Lochmere. Loch I have no idea if I'm saying Lochmere Serpent. Lochmere, just Lochmere. All right, yeah, Lochmere yeah, yeah. Serpent. 
So obviously this is uh, one that's truly near and dear to my heart. Um, when I was a Magic player, I really loved all of these expensive finishers, and this is just one of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is that. This yeah, is yeah. that. You have, you have described this card successfully. Thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite things to do when I was playing with control finishers is really use my resources in a really different way near the end. So one of my favorite cards ever is actually Pearl Lake Ancient. So okay. you have to sacrifice lands to save your thing. It, tempo, the game is different and unique every single time. So with the Lockmere Serpent, you can be like, oh, hey, I really want to lock up the game by either hitting you and making it unblockable, or I can draw some more cards, but at the cost of sacrificing lands. Mm -hmm. So it gets you into a lot of these interesting board states. And in blue-black and Throne of Eldraine, I don't know if we've had any cards released based on it, but one of the themes of blue and black is to key off the number of cards in your opponent's graveyard. So We showed into this, or uh, Luis Salvato showed into the story. Into the story, perfect, yes. yes. Um, so yeah, uh, the final ability of Lockmere Serpent plays into more cards in my opponent's graveyard, allowing you to recur it, mm -hmm. play it again, maybe eat some more lands, maybe attack for seven. It's a lot of fun. Delicious. Delicious. Delicious lands. Now, we did get a question from chat earlier that I think plays into this. Um, they sounded like a, a blue-white control player. They were lamenting mm -hmm. the fact that blue-white control is the less common version of control and that blue-black mm -hmm. control seems to be taking up that mantle. Is that a shift that you guys are making intentionally? Is that one of those things that just is right now? Or, or what, what's your thinking on that? Um, generally, uh, when we think about different combinations of control decks, mm -hmm. we think about what that color combo is specifically good at doing. So specifically with blue and black, more of it is going to be about removal and counter spells. When mm -hmm. we look at blue-white, we can think of, oh, more life gain, more stalling, I have access to stronger exile effects. If we look at black-white, it's more inevitable late game graveyard recursion. So mm -hmm. we kind of like try to spin those together to make sure that each one can lean into what's what's its best strength is. Um, and in terms of shifting away from a color, we never really try to do that. We always try to make sure that most different strategies are viable. You have a lot of options. Mm -hmm. Maybe in Throne of Eldraine, you have to go Esper to kind of close out the game with maybe Lockmere Serpent. But as we release more and more sets, we do try to have a balance of threats. So mm -hmm. maybe look out down the line for your next blue-white finisher in this year. Oh, in this year. Ooh. 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 It's generic enough all It is, it. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the effort. Yeah. We, we tried. We tried. We uh, have fun. We have fun here. We do have fun it's here. It's good. So sometimes. <laughs> the next uh, three cards that we're going to show are part of a cycle that you specifically mm -hmm. wanted to talk yes. about. Uh, that have uh, four hybrid mana yes. and their mana costs. Um, so, I don't know if this was explicitly said yet, probably the first time ever, Blake. Ever. The first time ever we're going to talk about this. World yeah, premiere. let's do it. World premiere of information. <laughs> uh, so, one of the most unique things about Throne of Eldraine mm -hmm. is, in draft and in sealed, being a monocolor deck is a reasonable thing to do. Okay. <gasps> was, that, was that a good enough reaction? That was, that was pretty good. Was that I, good? Yeah. That okay. was good. Cool. I, I liked it. I yeah, liked it. Good. Um, so, these... Quadruple hybrid cards are a good way to either be I'm mono blue, mm -hmm. I'm mono white, or I'm a blue white deck. Yep. Because we like to think of when you're drafting and you're playing sealed, we think of it like there are eight players in a draft, right? Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't truly divide up evenly into if everybody's into in a two-color pair, right? Right. So in Throne of Eldraine draft, it's really possible for five people to be in a two-color pair and then three people to be in monocolor mm -hmm. based on what's open. So these cards allow it, allow the draft to be a lot more flexible and to reward you for being that specific specific color combo or that specific monocolor combo. Okay. Monocolor color. Color. <laughs> monocolor yeah. non-combo. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, when I first saw these, they remind for players who've been around for a little bit at least, they reminded me a lot of some of the cards in Eventide. Yes. Where those cards, <clears throat> again, when players first looked at them, they're like, okay, I can put this in my blue-black deck. Yep. And then when you actually played, you're like, no, I'm just, I just want to play mono-black. Yep. Hello, I don't want to mess with red And they were flexible as to which mono-white or mono-red deck you would mm -hmm. put them in, but you would put them in either. Yeah, because another problem with... Um, you know, encouraging monocolor in a draft is generally just amount of cards that I can play. So another feature in Throne of Eldraine is there are a little bit more artifact creatures and artifacts that you're going to be willing to put in your deck mm -hmm. along with this cycle of quadruple hybrid uncommons. Okay. Now, chat's, chat's asking and kind of debating a little bit about the power level of these. In Limited, how good are those cards we just showed? Uh, Let's show them again. Show them again. <laughs> So Andrew can look at them again. Uh, so when we when we think about power level for uncommons, mm -hmm. we or the general multicolor commons, mm -hmm. uh, we generally like them all to be around the same power band. Yep. Um, so I would say these are probably in the realm of like pick three, two to three to four. Mm -hmm. They're generally strong enough to where you're like, wow, this is a big signal that. XYZ color is open, mm -hmm. and they're powerful enough to be like, yes, I just want to take this because it's really strong in my deck. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, now, speaking of monocolor, let's bring up Slaying Fire, which mm. is one of the other mechanics in the set, has Adamant. Yes. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this card. Uh, yeah, Slaying Fire. Love this card. Uh, it's very uh, reminiscent to a card in the past, Flame Javelin. Mm -hmm. Three mana, four damage. That's a pretty good deal if I ever saw one. That was also, also a hybrid mana. Tide. It, and oh, it was also yes. a hybrid mana card. It was a weird hybrid mana. It was. Or oh, uh, either two, two colorless yeah, or... Two yeah, colorless yeah, yeah. or one red, yeah. Anyway. It's, it's tubrid. We call it tubrid. Tubrid? Okay. Tubrid. Tubrid. Okay. Vibrid. No, tubrid. Yeah, I like I tubrid. About that one. <laughs> anyway, Slaying Fire. Yeah, so Slaying Fire... Um, one of the big things we've been thinking about in um, making magic cards, and especially for best of one, mm -hmm. is what does our burn suite look like? Sure. So, one of the te uh, so previously we have wizards lightning, lightning strike, shock. Yep. Um, I think me personally, that's not everybody else in magic design, but I personally think that's a bit too many burn spells. Mm -hmm. So what we've agree. <laughs> Burn's just not my thing. It's here fine. Comes, here comes the chat brigade that yeah. loves, loves burn. Have you, have you lost too many times to getting lightning striked in the face? Pro you can talk, probably. You can, you can talk to me probably. about Probably. Experiment space. To me. Like, anyway, go space. on. We don't need to... Uh, yeah, yeah, but we've just become more <laughs> cognizant of how many burn spells we're actually putting in the format, and especially for best of one because, you know... No sideboards, being yep. a more straightforward strategy is going to be a little bit stronger, so we've definitely become more aware of how that affects that environment. Mm -hmm. So right. Adamant, Adamant is really interesting. It seems mm -hmm. like uh, we, in Battle for Zendikar, we did a, you guys did a 
mechanic called converge, where if you spend yep. as different much colors, different colors, right? This is all if you spend all the same color, right? You get a different effect. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty much the opposite, and it's um, definitely rewarding you for being true to your court of Eldraine. Nice. Yep. Uh, next up, we have the giant killer. Oh yes. Ooh. This is uh, the alternate art on this is some of my favorite art. It's so cool in the set. It's really good. Yeah, this was uh, top-down Jack and the Beanstalk, where, you know, you have Jack, he cuts down the Beanstalk, giant dies, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that recap. Pretty straightforward, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, in fact, an interesting story here. Uh, when we were making Adventure, we weren't sure whether it should be an instant, whether it should be a sorcery. Mm -hmm. um, at first, we started with all sorceries, just, you know, so it would be a little bit more easy, easy, to, yep. easy to grok, but... As we played more and more and more, we didn't feel like we had enough options for instance or, or enough design space to make them enough adventures. So we made the switch to instance, and this was one of the first instant uh, designs that we had for adventure. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, one thing I also want to point out here that the chat is enjoying, and that we've I've seen a lot of people on social media enjoying, is peasant. Oh yes, peasant. Um, so I'm not completely in the loop on this, yep. but I, we just make the cards. But the creative team has definitely done a great job with just really nailing the flavor of the world, adding new creature types. We've got Warlock, we got Peasants. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. We've got Noble. Noble, noble, noble. right. Yep. Yep. Wait, I have a very important question for you. Uh, Should we errata Noble Hierarch to be a yeah, noble? noble? I saw this discussion. <laughs> I, I, I come down on the side of no. Noble. Okay. It, because uh, noble as a creature type is mm -hmm. a, uh, a position. Oh, sure. Whereas noble hierarch is more uh, an, a, a descriptor. A, right, a hierarch that happens to be noble. That, not, that is noble in yes. disposition, not mm -hmm. in position. It's not like it's not like noble hierarch is the is the noble Mary hierarch. Right. It's not like yeah. they're the duke of the hierarchs. Yeah. Or the duchess of the hierarchs. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. It didn't, but one more question. Yeah. Yeah. This is the most important one. Okay. Noble Panther. Should it be a noble? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. maybe, I think for the same reasons as Noble Hierarch. No, but here's your chat's going to give us a couple now. Mm. Uh, lord of Atlantis. Okay. Should that be a noble? It's a lord. Uh, Merfolk Noble. Merfolk, Merfolk Noble. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I don't know I if I buy, buy it. I don't that know. One. Well, Atlantis hasn't been recognized as a, as a as sovereign a place, nation. So I don't. <laughs> uh, what about Falconrath Aristocrat? Falconrath Aristocrat, huh? I so aristocrats are, I sl aristocrats are slightly different than they nobles. are. But I, nobility is uh, carries with it an official title. Today on Weekly MTG, <laughs> going over medieval caste systems with Blake Rasmussen. <laughs> I'll put my foot down though. I think only Olivia Voldaren can be the noble. Ooh. Ooh. No, here, here's a good one. Baron Sengir. Baron Sengir. Baron Sengir is a legendary vampire noble. Ba yeah, in my Baron, head, has Baron to be. makes sense. Baron, yeah. Baron Sengir. None of, none of this is official, no. by the way. Uh, well, Sliver Queen. Oh. Royal, sliver, royal, not noble. Sliver noble. Yeah, that's that's true. It's a royal. It's, it's slightly yeah. different. What what is so like King? For example, I don't think King Kenrith carries the noble creature. Type. Nope, doesn't. So, it would make sense then that Sliver Queen would also not. Yeah. yeah. Irini Singir. Uh, Irini Singir was not actually Baron Singir's 
daughter or granddaughter. So no nobility there. Was, she was a dwarf that was kidnapped and brought into the Sengir family. It's a whole thing. Uh, we're not going to get into the uh, Sengir family. It's Would you like to move on to the next card? <laughs> Let's move on to the next card. No, I want to keep talking about nobles. Goblin King. Okay. Next up, let's talk about, uh, where are we? Once Upon a Time. Ah, yes. Yeah. Once Upon a Time. Um, That's some sweet art. Yeah. yeah. Sure I do you love, love this art. art. Yeah, this card seems powerful. It certainly is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, next card. There we go. We did it. Uh, uh, no, you know, we... You know, as you know, our department of play design has gotten bigger. Mm -hmm. We have more tournament players who are really familiar with more and more formats. We definitely feel a lot more comfortable printing these cards for different formats, right? Because mm -hmm. you know, standard, the game goes longer. It's not so much about the early turns. This card may not is just going to be weaker in standard than it is in older formats, given sure. how important the early turns are. But you know, in modern legacy, maybe even vintage, like this can really do some damage. So, fingers crossed, I mm -hmm. don't know, but it's in the wild now, so hopefully everybody can have some fun with it. Yeah, I've seen people talking about this as, as a possibility in Tron. Does it mm -hmm. go uh, with Ancient Stirrings alongside it instead yes. of it? Uh, there's some discussion there, and I know some people are excited to try this out in Neo Brand, which oh, wow. definitely can use it. Well, I will say as a caveat, uh, casting the second one definitely feels a lot worse. Yes. <laughs> I believe that. See, look, Steve, I read the card again. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah, nice work. Thanks. Nice work. I love it. Um, let's once, see. Once, not second upon a time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly true. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the Wicked Wolf. Ah, yes. The Wicked Wolf. The Wickedest of Wolves. Um, so when we were discussing food and how to make food into a, you know, a standard deck, um, it kind of reminds you of what we like to call insular mechanics, where mm -hmm. the mechanic is only going to be in the set. Uh, we may not release it for a while again, so all the cards, it's what you get. Um, so so we, what's an example of an insular mechanic? I would consider probably energy as one of those mechanics. Okay. Um, so. We've kind of learned a lot since then, so when we're kind of positioning food cards, um, we like to think of them as, it's not a deck necessarily, you can do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to be the most powerful thing, but there is like a solid package of them, maybe three to four cards, where you can kind of port them around into different decks, and they'll all just kind of work generically well together. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say Wicked Wolf, and then the next card we have here. The Very Hungry Hungry Feasting King Troll and the Goose and Oko, Thief of Crowns, are a nice little mix of early plays, late plays, mid plays that can work in any sort of green mid-range deck. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely one thing that you want to like swap around into different decks to adjust to the metagame. And we definitely love doing that instead of making sure or making decks that are like, here's the deck, it's all done. Neatly packaged, rapidly tight, here yep. you go, and it'll be there forever. No, it's just going to be these cards. They kind of work well together. You can have an additional supporting cast around them. It's not all about the thing. P try them out in different strategies. That makes sense. Uh, I do have to point out here, this is a Troll King, and mm -hmm. it is a creature type Noble. Oh, Noble, interesting. So, yeah. um, and I think, I, I wasn't able to confirm this. Someone in chat pointed out that King Kenrith is, is a noble? noble. Oh, okay. I missed so, that. yeah, Sliver Queen. Could be a Noble. Sliver Noble. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 Queen of Bears? 
Okay. Uh, mother yeah. of bears? Yeah. 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 No, no, yeah. Noble, noble bear. That's yeah. great. Bear, yeah. bear noble. <laughs> bear, bear noble. <laughs> Queen Marchesa. Queen Marchesa. That's another one. Yeah. Um, okay. So, moving on to, uh, we've got a reprint. So, Sorceress yeah. Spyglass. Besides... Mm -hmm. It's uh, not leaving standard. It's not it leaving not, standard. No. So, yeah. Talk about this card. Yeah. So, we, we really enjoyed what this card did for Ixalan standard. And we just generally like having something like this around in the environment. Mm -hmm. And we just felt like as it was rotating, we, we felt that that void. So nearly near the end of uh, making Eldraine, we were like, we really want a slot for this. Does Sorcerer Spyglass work here? And then the art, so good. Love it. Really it. That art's yeah. great. Yeah. Perfect ex execution. And yeah, Sorcerer Spyglass, we love it. It's going to stick around. You'll be able to see some uh, some of the pirate versions in standard still as well because that card that was printed in Ixalan will still, still be legal, legal in yeah. standard. Go ahead. So and use keep that one. those uh, keep those sorcerer spyglasses around if you want to play them. Okay. Uh, next up, we have fervent champion. Ah yes. This hey, is... isn't that 2018 world champion Javier Dominguez? That, in that is art? 2018 world champion Javier Dominguez exactly. Ah. Um, so I had the pleasure of working with Javier on selecting which card would be his uh, world championship card. Mm -hmm. And he worked with us on the name. And <laughs> we gave him a list of things like X champion, Y champion. And then he was like, hmm, how about fervent champion? I'm like, yeah, I, I guess that could work. Why do you want fervent? He's like, I really like Hazaret. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was how he won his world championship. Right. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, understandable. Yes. The, car the card seems very good as well. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it's a little Raging Goblin plus, plus, plus there. Plus, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, one of the cool things about this card, and with Knights, is you'll notice a slight little equipment theme going around. So if we look at tournament, what is it called? Tournament Grounds? Tournament something? The Yeah, the Knight the Land. Wing. Yeah, you can cast tournament equipment grounds, spells yeah. with that card. Hmm. Also, if you take if you take a look at Embercleave, another red mythic that we spoiled earlier, the equip cost exactly three. Oh my! Ooh! Oh my! So Javier is great at wielding the Embercleave. Well, one of the uh, Steve Argyle obviously did a great job with this yes. uh, with this art. I love the detail of the sword-like thing that uh, Fervent Champion has in his hand, and it happens to be <laughs> the trophy. Yeah, the World Championship well. trophy. That's a great yeah, I haven't seen a lot of people catch up on that, yeah. but it was great touch. Uh, next up, we have the Black Ra the Bla Bla the Black I can't say my Bla own name. Bla the Blake Rasmussen Invitational card. <laughs> uh, Gadwick the Wizened for X, blue, blue, blue. When Gadwick the Wizened enters the battlefield, draw X card. So notice if you cast this for five, it's a Moldrifter. Yep. Just mm -hmm. a bigger Moldrifter that doesn't fly. Yep, that doesn't fly. Yeah, and then whenever you cast a blue spell, tap target non-land permanent and opponent controls. So this card seems good. Yeah, it seems like you like it. You definitely went through the steps of reading it out with love. <laughs> I definitely I did. Ah, I didn't were, read out any other cards in this There were rundown. hills and valleys. Yeah. yeah. yeah I paused was, in the right places. Yeah, you really did. So. Great work. Great work. <laughs> um, so this is actually going to be a cycle of color, 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 rare legendary creatures. When I say color, color, I mean there are three blue mana symbols in his mana cost. Yep. Um, we've also, we've previously seen Ayara, who mm -hmm. is triple black. Yep. Um, and we'll also see one for each other color, for white, green, and red as well. Those are the three other colors of magic. Yes, they are. Yeah. 
I had to look at the the uh, the coasters the coasters to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so all of them are going to work with casting spells of that color, or having to do with things of that color. So Ira triggers off black creatures ending the battlefield. Um, Gadwick triggers off casting blue spells, mm -hmm. and the other ones will we'll be also have. We'll also we'll have. Also, they're, yeah, they also have abilities. Work with colors. Yes. Um, and that one, that card in particular, comes with a slight rules change for this set. Mm -hmm. um, Eli talked about it on Twitter a little mm -hmm. bit, where normally the X in the casting cost doesn't matter once it hits the battlefield. Right. But for this one, that's been changed. I believe so. Yes. Okay. So it just it matters for things that come into play and reference the X. I think is the way it works. So slight change. Slight change. Slight change. Um, next up, everyone's favorite cookie. Oh yes, run, ginger run, brute. Run. The ginger brute. Yeah, this is another one of my favorites. It just really hits the trope super hard. Mm -hmm. And I forget who came up with it, but just putting the food type on a that was amazing. great. It's amazing. such a good touch. Um, so for uh, in in Magic the Gathering, the game. Mm -hmm. uh, this would count as I uh, suddenly said like Wicked will sacrifice a food. This was ca this would count as a food, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it does count as a food. There are cards like um, I believe we've spoiled Bognati yesterday that could mm -hmm. sacrifice foods to give something minus three minus three. Mm -hmm. So you can just throw your ginger brute at your nearest knight. The the flavor yeah. text on this slays me. It's, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And I've seen a debate online too. So it's a food golem. Is yep. food a creature type or an artifact type? That's not my department, Blake. Okay. That's your department, actually. You, you, it's definitely not my department. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just so fervently defended noble creature types. Yeah, that's so many true. Different things. That's, that's more. True. That's more a hobby. <laughs> oh, sure. An interest of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Creature like, like type. Like a type hobbyist. Type hobby. That's probably accurate. Yeah. Creature yeah. type. Creature type. Creature type hobbyist noble. <laughs> All right. Before we get to the new card. Which that's our next card. We're going to show is the new card. I want to get through some of the questions that chat's been throwing at us. Sure. How many of them are about which creature type should be errated to be noble? Um, some, but we're not. Gonna, we, we've answered many of those. Um, well, we haven't answered any of them. I think the answer: some creatures are going to get that errated, but I don't actually know the answer to that. Um, so questions. Um, I'm not going to, oh boy. Uh, so one question was, when are we going to see the rare lands in this set? And there was some chatter about Mark saying there are no rare dual lands in this set. That is accurate. But Andrew, are there rare lands in this set? And yes, you can answer this question. Oh, OK. Yeah, sure. There, uh, yes, there are going to be rare Just lands. Just don't in describe this set. them. Yeah. I'm not going to describe them. <laughs> uh, you sent me the preview plan, so I guess you can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, it's very important that you don't yeah. describe the lands. Yeah. <laughs> Just Basically don't don't just, describe just, the lands. What I know. Are you doing, I set you up for a question that's like, can, can I answer this? I don't know. You're Blake. You're the one that gave me the previous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, there are rare yes, lands. Yes, there are. They going are to be not rare dual lands. lands. They are not dual lands. They uh, don't produce two different colors of mana. Yeah, you know, they do not do that. Uh, I honestly don't. I do. The preview plan is my thing, and I honestly do not remember the date on which. I believe uh, some of them maybe tomorrow. I'm not 100 percent sure. Actually. Oh, the 17th rings a bell for some reason, but I'm not sure about that. Anyway, don't quote me on that. Okay. I don't even know what this is. What is the 17th? Is that Monday? I don't know. No. No? I don't know. I don't know. Sean, what day, what don't, day, don't day quote of the week me is, on that. is the 17th? Don't worry about it. Look it don't up. Don't quote me on that. Okay. Tuesday. 
Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday. Maybe. All right. So, so to conclude, the 17th is a Tuesday. It is. Whether or not rare lands are previewed on the day, I don't know. Uh, we so it. we've had a couple questions about where, what cards are found where and what packs. And, and we know this has been a recurring question, so it we'll has. take a moment to answer them. Uh, there was a question about whether the Brawl cards are found in collector's packs and whether they get the special frame treatment in those packs. So I believe the answer is yes, you can get them in collector's packs, but not there is no special frame treatment for them. As far as, as, as far as I'm aware, there are no showcase versions of Brawl cards. Well, that's definitely correct because yeah. showcase refers to the adventure yeah. frame. Yeah. There's no extended art versions correct. of them. Yeah. Uh, the re they they come in the collector's pack in the ancillary, ancillary slot. slot. So yeah. the ancillary slot is where you can get things like buy box or brawl cards or planeswalker deck cards. Planeswalker yeah. deck cards can come in that slot. Yep, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, next up, can you get Kenrith? in a foil borderless version in collector packs. No. Same answer as the Brawl stuff. Uh, it does come in the normal frame non-foil. Yeah. So you can get a non-foil King Kenrith in the collector's packs. Kenrith the Returned King. Kenrith the Returned King. Yeah. Kenrith the Returned King. Um, in the collector's packs, but it won't have the extended frame because, again, yeah. it's in that slot for ancillary stuff. Uh, and then we've had some questions about art books for this set. Uh, no, there is not an art book for Throne of Eldraine. Um, who are these people and how do they know so much? Who's ben? Yeah, Andrew, who, Andrew, are, what do you who are you and how do you know coast? so much? Uh, who, who are you, and Andrew? <laughs> uh, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Andrew. Uh, it's been two years since I last described who I was. Great. Uh, I really enjoy long walks on the beach and magic cards. How do you know sure so enough. much? Uh, yeah, so I'm real talk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Andrew. I'm, on, I'm a senior game designer on the play design team, mm -hmm. and I do a lot of work on the middle to final end of sets where we execute on all the grand ideas that the design team has. And yeah, I make magic cards. It's fun. I like Steve. Blake's okay. Thanks, yeah, man. No, that's that's yeah. a reasonable assessment. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we had a question about Deafening Silence, which we preview, which was previewed today. Yeah. Um, was that card aimed at Vintage? Is the question. Um, was it aimed at Vintage? Well, I mean, like I said, with uh, Once Upon a Time, we like to throw an occasional card here and there for different formats. I'm not gonna say why it was meant for X, but we do think about it, and we do aim cards at certain places, mm -hmm. but it's up to you, the player, to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and then, this isn't a question, but I'm just going to address it. Mm -hmm. uh, as, as Muir11 notes, guys, maybe this is not the stream to be asking about two for one. I see all the questions in the comments. We're not talking about Arena today. We're yeah. just talking about Throne of Eldraine cards, and that's fine. Um, those questions will be answered eventually, not by us, not right here. Yeah. Um, let's let's move on to a preview card. Sure. Oh let's yeah, we have one. We of have those. a preview card. We have one of those. It's cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very cool. So let's bring it up. Oathsworn Knight. Oh. All right. For it's those here. of you playing home alone, playing along, playing at home, home alone. Playing <laughs> Oathsworn Knight is a one black black human knight, not a noble. 
Uh, Oathsworn Knight enters the battlefield with four plus one plus one counters on it, so it comes in as a three mana four four, which is already pretty good. Uh, Oathsworn Knight attacks each combat if able, and if damage would be dealt to Oathsworn Knight while it has a plus one plus one counter on it, prevent that damage and remove a plus one plus one counter from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how good is this card, Andrew? Well, he, he just keeps chugging along no matter what. He loses an arm, he loses a leg, it doesn't matter, he's still coming at He'll you. He'll bite your legs off. Yeah. Yeah. So this is re uh, reminiscent of the old phantom mechanic, right? Correct, yes. Where um, damage would be prevented, all you have to do is take off a counter. So mm -hmm. they get a little bit weaker, but they still keep going. Yeah. And Oswar Knight, he, 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 he's, he's, he's on a rampage. He's just going forward. That's all he wants to do. I he wants it. to attack. And, uh, and I, as I recall, in a recent set, there was mm -hmm. a mechanic we brought back that uh, does some really interesting things with counters on the battlefield. Really? Which one is that? Uh, I think it was called uh, pro, pro, Profligate. Profligate, correct. Yeah, Profligate. Yeah. Uh, so obviously there are ways in standard to add <laughs> counters to this. Are there correct. any? Are, is is there any? Are there any ways to add plus one plus one counters in Throne of Eldraine? It's not really a theme we've seen. Uh, it's so not exactly a theme, but there certainly are going to be cards in the set that will put plus one plus one counters. It's just such a natural design space to go to. Mm -hmm. So there will be that. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, he's also a fine gentleman to suit up some equipment to, maybe. Mm. He is a knight. Mm -hmm. I talked about knights and equipment earlier. Yep. Resiliency, black and white, just like I said earlier. Are you listening, Blake? I'm listening and reading questions in chat. Yes. Oh, I see, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Blake has a lot of hats on I the have show. Many he hats hosts on the show. show. Mm -hmm. He reads the questions mm -hmm. in chat. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, th those are those are all the things. <laughs> those are the two hats. <laughs> uh, so when when you're looking at, uh, we were talking about training grounds earlier. How <laughs> way earlier? <laughs> just, just the, the let me get this straight. Yeah. The you enchantment from nope, not training grounds. Riseville Trust. <laughs> yeah, it was like we were talking about that earlier. The the Mardu land. Oh, okay, got it, got yes. it. Tournament grounds? Tournament grounds. I know, you play a lot of Grixis Highlander. It's yeah. completely reasonable for... You can play training grounds. Anyway. Do you also play Verity Circle? How... So, <laughs> you, so you've talked a couple times about how this set rewards you for playing monocolor or playing mm -hmm. two-color and keeping your colors. Uh, the the Knights deck that mm -hmm. will that's looking like it will be a, a standard thing... Mm -hmm. Are, are you more generally looking to play three colors with that, two colors? What, what, do you, what are the options people have? So with the Knights deck, we've really not prescribed a lot of what you should be doing. There mm -hmm. are just a lot of cards that are close, close enough in power level for where you can really decide which ones you want to use. Mm -hmm. They're in white, they're in red, they're in black, and they all like equipment. Okay. Um, and if I'll personally shout out Mr. Donald Smith, he did a lot of work on making sure that there are a ton of different knights that do a lot of different things, mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll see that pan out. But roughly, red-black knights, it's about equipment. Black-white knights is about attrition, slowing the game down, and then red-white knights is going to be your classic kind of go-wide aggro deck. Or if you're feeling spicy, you can just jam all the best cards in the same deck and play Mardu knights, mm -hmm. but your mana may be... A little suspect, a little shaky. but your most powerful draws, a little powerful. <laughs> um, okay, and I'm going to tell you ahead of time, you can answer this question. Okay, thank uh, you. Yes. Uh, are you going to reprint Stoneforge Mystic in this set? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, all right, should Reaper King be a noble? 
Should Reaper King be a noble? It's a king. Yeah, noble of course. King of the Scarecrows. King of the Scarecrows. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So, oh, here, here's a great question. Sure. Um, so we previewed a couple days ago Emery Lurker of the Lock. Lurker of the Lock, yes. Yeah, so obviously a very flavorful card, but the question mm -hmm. uh, in chat is, are you guys concerned about the power level of Emery Lurker of the Lock? In which format? Uh, let's say modern. Let's say modern. Uh, well, we, we like to print cards. As I said earlier, I'm going to say the same thing. Mm -hmm. We like to print cards for certain formats. We're never going to tell you where. You're the player. You've got to figure it out. <laughs> but no, we, we, like, we like Emery. <laughs> what? That was good. That was just a really good like, look at the camera and pause. It was really funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, Infinity for Artifacts, or the spelled out ability here, mm -hmm. it is a known quantity. We definitely knew that going in. Yep. And, you know, I'm actually really excited to see what decks Emery can enable, actually, because, you know, it's not a kind of... It doesn't slot into anything perfectly, right? Mm -hmm. you, you think of, like, Affinity for Artifacts, 4-4 four, four for 5, right? Oh, yep. great, goes in my Affinity deck, right? Mm -hmm. You think of, oh, it's another, it's another thing to enable Lantern. It looks at the top of my deck. Oh, straight into my Lantern deck. That's not what we generally want to do. We want to position cards where you really have to there it is. build your deck around it. You really have to think about new things, come mm -hmm. up with new ideas, be creative. That's a theme. Players, be creative. <laughs> it's a good theme. I like that theme. Yeah. yeah. But uh, hopefully this can encourage some different decks and, you know, maybe some new things and new cool things can actually show up in Modern. And I also really, really love this card for Standard. As we'll see coming up, maybe some awesome new artifacts will be coming Ooh. through. Possibly. Possibly. So, related question to that. So, we have previewed some colored artifacts yes. in this set already. Things like Crystal Slipper. Um Mark's talked a little bit about the philosophy behind those, but uh, the question is, did you design the colored artifacts with uh, Alara as an inspiration? Uh, no, not really. Um, we generally just think about like what is best for what we're doing right now, and mm -hmm. we can take lessons from previous sets, but uh, we definitely more were thinking about like how this can play into the themes of Eldraine, or how is this a top-down, which color would that go into? Um, yeah, and plus, uh, you know, Alara Block, a lot of different philosophies back then. We definitely have really changed how we think about artifacts since then. So I would say, no, we didn't take a lot of uh, inspiration from there. Context, Shards of Alara was, I think, 11 years ago. God, I'm old. Yeah, dude. I'm really old. Yeah. Uh, Lord, old. Lord of Iron Forge asked, uh, why did is you... He a, is he a knight? He's a knight. No, he's a noble. Noble. Noble, noble. probably. Right. Definitely Lord. noble. Definitely Lord. noble. Lord of Iron Forge, you are a noble. You are a noble. Uh, why did you skip the rare dual lands? So we've said that there are no rare dual lands in the mm -hmm. set. Why not? Maybe you can talk generally about how you guys pace out the, the mana fixing in sure. standard. Um, you know, it's kind of subtle context clues. You know, with the release of Eldraine, and I was talking about Adamant and how we want to encourage monocolor decks. Theros is also next, mm -hmm. and we've seen certain mechanics from there in the past. Generally, that's more about being one color, rewarding you for one color. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, if we added more dual lands to the environment, it would actually encourage not what the current set theme is telling you to do. So we forego dual lands to make sure that people will try more monocolor strategies. Okay. Yeah, so if you give, them, if you give people too many 
dual lands, they'll start. I mean, we've seen that we've before. We've seen it before. Right. With, <laughs> back with Origins standard yeah. when there were right. fetches and fetchable lands, and yeah. It was yeah, you know, the more the the better mana fixing you give, the more people can just kind of play more different strategies and not play the set theme. So, mm -hmm. ex for a great example, like what I talked about earlier, the three color night deck, right? Of course, it has the most powerful cards in it, but since the mana is not as great as, let's say, the two color night decks, mm -hmm. the draws will be more powerful, but also you may get tripped up sometimes. Yep. Makes you got to balance that out. Yeah. Balancing act. Balancing act. Which is uh, not in this set. No, it is definitely yeah. not in this set. Uh, let's see. How many Teferis are going to be legal by next year's rotation? Oh. Can I answer that question? No. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to take context clues. All right. All right. Yeah, no. Uh, is there any chance we will find a blue or black rare or legendary fairy we haven't seen yet in the remaining... Spoilers. I don't know. Is that something you'd like to see? Yeah. A blue is and that, black one. Is that something you'd like to see? I honestly don't know the answer to that. There might be. There might not be. I, I'd okay. have to look at the sheet. I mean, I know the answer. Do you want me to answer that? Yes. I didn't know, actually. False and bluff. Let's see. Nope, 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 nope. I'm just, I'm catching up, chat. I just want to make sure that we get to as many questions as possible uh, before, let's see. That's a weird question. Um, are there any artifact and or mythic adventures? What? <laughs> Sorry, what? Are there any artifact and or mythic adventures? So there are no artifact adventures because they're all on creatures, correct? That's correct. Okay. Uh, yes, there are. Actually, there are a few mythic Ooh. adventure creatures. Ooh. Ooh. So something to look forward to as preview yes. season continues. Yeah, Indeed. absolutely. Some of, the, some, of, some of the cards that I'm most excited for are actually the mythic adventure oh, creatures. Oh, intriguing. Okay. Intriguing. Um, we're, I'm getting some questions about the rare lands. We're not going to actually talk about them more than the fact that there are rare lands. There are, yeah. They are yet to be previewed because I don't want to take away from the people doing those yeah. previews. They're not, they're not all ours. We're, I'm we're not, not them. We're not them. Yeah. Like you read them. the card. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> we're not them. <laughs> we're not them. Um, okay, so here's a good general question. Sure. Uh, what makes a land have a basic land type? For example, Caves of Koilos is not a swamp or a plains, okay. but Godless Shrine is both. Or Mortuary Mire isn't a swamp, but Witch's Cottage is. I see. Um, so for Eldraine, those common lands that have the, mm -hmm. the land type, um, if you look in the text box, it actually... Set, it rewards you for having that type of land. So for those, we didn't want to punish you for playing more of them in your monocolor deck. Mm -hmm. So I believe Sean, the excellent at grabbing cards grabber, will show us. That is his title. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah. Yeah, so it just definitely makes a lot more sense here that this card is a swamp because we want to encourage you to play as many of these as you want, so we don't want to punish you for playing more. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, here's a good general question, just for, for people who don't know yet. How do adventures work? How do adventures work? Great question. Um, so you can either cast the instant or sorcery side, mm -hmm. or the creature side when it's in your hand. But if you cast the instant or sorcery side first, it goes on an adventure, and it goes into the exile zone, and then anytime you can legally cast that creature, you can just cast it from the 
adventure zone. So it goes on an adventure. Yeah. It and goes it and sleeps. For yeah. example, uh, Giant Killer is an adventure that he we showed today. He kills the giant, and then so he's. We have a nice graphic. For what that. up? I can I can tap creatures yeah. now. That's his story. So what happens is uh, you cast the uh, instant side of the text box, chop down. Chop down. You would destroy target creature with power four or greater. That card would get exiled as Giant Killer. Yep. And then you could cast the creature side from that on an adventure section of the exile zone. Correct. Right? So. I'll actually go into deeper about why we actually really liked Adventure in the suite of mechanics that we have in Eldraine. So if we look at it, we have Adamant, right? Mm -hmm. That's pay three mana, you get your reward. Pretty simple, generally very easy to understand. Yeah. Then we have food, not too many decisions going on. I eat my food when I have it. I can use my food in different ways with certain cards. Pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. But there aren't too many decision points with the, both of those mechanics, right? I guess with food, you can decide whether to crack when it or not, answer, yep. but that's not too much. So we really wanted to get a decision-intensive mechanic in, so Adventure is that. So you can cast the instant side, the creature side. It can be either one. You can try to get full value, but that also leaves you vulnerable on board, so you definitely have to think of a lot of different factors when you're casting the Adventure creatures. Yep. And one of the heuristics that we tried to have when making uh, adventure creatures for standard is we wanted to make it a choice like do I really want to forego having a creature and casting the spell first and getting the the entire value or do I just play the creature out and have it on board yeah so it's a choice choices are awesome um, and then let's see are adventures legal card names for things like Unmoored Ego, or do you have to name the creature? So I would encourage you, um, there are a lot of questions that you can ask about adventures. I would encourage you to read the mechanics of Thornabelle yep. Drain article that is on Daily MTG. And there are also uh, videos on YouTube, uh, on the Magic Gathering YouTube channel that show you how adventure works, uh, some cool things about food, some things mm -hmm. about adamant. Uh, and the sort. So I would encourage you to check those out uh, because there are a lot of corner cases and yep. weird things that yeah, happen. Sure. Um, and those that's going to be your best source to answer some of the broader questions. And then on the 20th, we will release the release notes, which will have all the specifics. That'll get down to the nitty gritty of like, what if you manifest an adventure creature? And it's there's a lot. Anyway. Magic um, has a lot of mechanics. Yes. yes. Uh, and it's worth noting that we are printing in the on an adventure token. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. It doesn't have any gameplay significance except as a reminder. Correct. But it's got some great art. And uh, yeah, that's out there on the internet as well that you can find. Speaking of tokens, if you are playing uh, a game of Magic the Gathering and you somehow become the monarch, do you get the noble creature subtype? <laughs> I think so, yes. Yeah. I think I think that's accurate. And then any card that refers to nobles also, also refers to also you. Also refers to you. Right. I think that's so. Just, that's just science, you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that answers the question, is there an adventure token card? There absolutely is. The art's gorgeous. And if we're, Sean is indicating that he's going to put it up on the screen. Hey! Because Sean is Sean's great at his job. Uh, yeah, so it, again, no actual gameplay significance. It's, it's just a reminder that this is on an adventure because... The creature must go be cast on an adventure for it to be cast from exile. Yeah, you can't just cast it if it's exiled normally, like from a graveyard or from your yep. hand. Yep. Must be cast, uh, must must have the uh, instant or sorcery side of its, uh, yep. of its thing cast. 
Um, so before we go, I think that's uh, all the time we have for questions for today. But I do want to show our preview card one more time for those who missed it. Oathsworn Knight. Oathsworn Knight. Mm -hmm. Look at that guy. Yep, keeps attacking. You'll beat him up. He'll come back. Beat him up some more. He'll still come back. And eventually he won't. Yeah, hopefully not. Unless mm -hmm. unless he's gotten equipment. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> Uh, so I want to thank everyone for watching today. I want to thank Andrew for showing up and telling us all about the Throne of Eldraine stuff. Uh, next week it, we have a very cool show. That we can't tell you anything that about. That we can't tell you anything about. Uh, I'll just say there's an unboxing involved. Yeah, and you should come check it out. You should definitely check it out. I'm excited week. about it. Blake's excited about it. I'm very excited. Andrew about might it. be excited about it. We haven't asked him yet. Andrew doesn't know what we're he doing He doesn't even know what week. we're doing, so he can't even be excited he about it. He won't be here. It'll just be Steve and I. Yeah. We'll also talk about the tokens. Uh, yes. You'll get to see the tokens for yep. Throne of Eldraine. Um, but this weekend, Steve, what do we have going on this weekend? Uh, we have the Ruby Division uh, Final Four playoffs, top mm -hmm. four playoffs for the MPL. So on MPL Weekly, you'll get to watch the Ruby Division top four battle it out. I think we have a bracket to we show the top four. Uh, upper finals is going to be Ben Stark versus Andre Mangucci. On lower semifinals will be Reed Duke and Ray Sato. The winner of the lower semifinals will uh, play the loser of the upper semifinals, and the winner of that will advance to the grand finals with yeah. the winner of the upper bracket. I'll be interested to see what these players bring to the tournament, because in the round robin portion, they all played something a little bit different. Right. So we had uh, Seto was on Grixis. He was the lowest seed, but he, he got there with Grixis. Um, and Gucci's I, I on... That you, you, a color combination that I know you enjoy. I do. I do enjoy <laughs> it. Uh, I know Mangucci was on Esper and has been pretty high on Esper control for a couple weeks, actually. If you look Esper at his Twitter thread, he is, yeah. he is he's, really he's high, real on high on Esper. He's real high on Esper. Ben Stark has become a red mage. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. I have no idea. He was actually wondering about that in Twitter yeah. himself today. And I actually don't... I'm, I feel bad. I don't know what Reed was playing. I think he was playing a base black-green deck. But oh, I, shocking. I know. <laughs> Everybody was extremely surprised. But I, I don't know that for a fact. Anyway... None of them have to bring those decks. They can, they they can, can surprise and metagame a little bit and try to figure out what their opponents are going to be playing. Yeah, we saw a lot of Kethis combo last week, so yeah. we'll see what happens in, uh, in these finals. You'll get to see it on MPL Weekly mm -hmm. on Saturday. Uh, right here on twitch.tv yeah. slash magic, starting at noon Pacific Usually it time. starts at noon. So, yep, Sean, Sean is saying yes. yes, it starts at noon. <laughs> so tune in at noon, twitch.tv slash magic. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, oh, and on top of that, there's another thing they're going to be announcing on that uh, MPL Weekly. I That's believe. right. The yeah. Hall of Fame class of mm. 2019 is going to yeah. be announced during that stream. So if you're awesome. interested in finding out who made the Hall of Fame for the year of 2019, definitely tune in. They will be announcing it there. Absolutely. So for all of us here, thank you very much, and we will see you next week.